Good morning. So I want to thank everyone who's been praying for me throughout the weeks and everything. Uh, volunteering for this, I thought I was going to be doing it by myself, and that was not the case. I, every week I had someone texting me saying that they're praying for me and that they are there for me, and I realized that I am not doing this by myself, even though I'm up here by myself and I'm scared, but I am not by myself. All of you guys are by my side, and it was just very encouraging to me. So thank you. But, uh, so as Lil said, we did go on a youth retreat. It was very fun, relaxing, right before this. And it was a great fellowship, great food, a great weekend. And I just want to thank everyone who has made some great memories with us through the years. And I hope that uh, they continue. But as Lil said, a few months ago, uh, we were having a bonfire at youth. And Lil brought up the topic of youth service again. And right away, I felt in my heart that that is what I wanted to do, and I felt like there was something in me that just kept telling me that I needed to do it. So I went home trying to sleep, because I worked, I worked the next day at 5 in the morning, so I tried to sleep. I'm tossing and turning, and it's 12 in the morning, and I'm like, I cannot sleep. And I just thought to myself, if this is what I will do it. So I prayed to God asking if he wants me to do this message to give me a sign. And instantly after that, I that, that was my sign, and so here I am. But uh, it took a while, and I struggled with what I wanted to talk about, and Uh, in 2016, the U.S. Today did a study across America to find out what everyone was most afraid of. 60% said corruption of government officials, 41% said terrorist attacks, 39% uh, said not having enough money for the future, 38% said being a victim of terror, 38% as well said government restrictions on firearms and ammunition, 38% said people I love dying, 37% said economic financial collapse, 37% said identity theft, 35% said people I love being com become seriously ill, and 35% said affordable health care. Now, when you think of fear, what do you think of? Do you think of heights? Do you think of insects? Do you think of, you know, dying, losing a loved one? But uh, does any of you here think about fear of God? Now, to me, this was kind of weird because I never really thought about fearing God, and I just thought he was someone who you love and respect, and he's our father, so why should we be scared of him? But in this case, that's not it, because I forget who came here, but I was probably 12 years old, and we had a guest speaker come here, and when he was talking, he was moving around, flailing his arms, and it was a good topic, and then he started talking about how the throne that God sits on is this big, fiery throne, and I started worrying. I'm like, this is my father. Okay. So I go home, and I'm thinking to myself, if God's sitting on a fiery throne, why should I, like, why should I love him? Why should, like, am I supposed to be scared of him or love him? And I was just confused because I didn't know what it meant. And I still don't completely understand what it means, but going throughout this, I've, I've gained the knowledge of what it means to fear God. Um... But, like, as I said, I was, as a kid, I was always told I should love my God because he's comforting and he's always forgiving. 
But he can also take life away, as it says in Luke 12, verse 5. But I tell you whom to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill you and throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. But when I say fear God, I don't mean be scared or frightened. Like, he is our Father. We shouldn't be afraid to pray to him and tell him what our emotions are and what's going through us. We should be open and honest with him. But when I say fear, I, I mean fear of his power. Fear of, if we sin what could the consequences be? So, does that not make anyone here worried that if you fear God, if, sorry, if you don't fear God, what could happen? Because if you don't fear God, you can sin all you want and not care about it and realize that nothing's going to happen. But if you fear God and you know, like, when you sin, it should make a burden in your heart that you've done something wrong against God, that you've attacked Him almost. And that's what I'm trying to get at today. Because, yes, we can, we can praise God and we can love Him, but He can also bring us to hell, and that should scare us, because in reality, we're not perfect, but we also need to realize that when we sin, we're not just sinning against ourselves, we're sinning against God who laid his life on the line on the cross for us and that's a big deal. But when we sin, we don't realize it. We do the same thing every day. We sin, we go home, we pray, we ask for forgiveness and we sleep peacefully. And we know that's what we do. I do it all the time and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one in here because we're humans. We're not perfect. We're meant to sin and we're meant to make mistakes. But why is that? I looked online to see what the term fear of God means, and it means, and this is what I got, fear of God refers to fear or a specific sense of awe, respect, and submission to a deity. Deity is another word for God. To kind of give you an example of what it looks like is, as a kid, we always do things we're not supposed to. You know, we're supposed to go to bed at 7 o'clock. I stayed up till 8 o'clock. I'm not telling my mom. Or you get grounded... Uh, when I was grounded, I would always find where my mom hid my iPod, and I would go on it, and when they come back home, I would hide it. So as a kid, you would always sin. So when you sinned, and it wasn't like when you had to tell your parents what you did, it wasn't you were scared of getting hurt by them. Obviously, you know it was coming because that's dis- discipline for a child. But you're scared of the consequences you got. Not that they were frightening you or that you were very aware of what was coming, but that you knew that there was consequences for disobeying what they had done. And that's kind of a little example of what it is. But, uh, so, learning to, respect, learning to respect our Father is a big thing, because in Proverbs 15, verse 33, it says, Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom, humility, precedes honor. You see, looking back on these verses through the weeks, as I've been working, I have a lot, to t- a lot of time to think because of Tim Hortons, it's not busy enough. And it just makes me want to sit down and cry for forgiveness for all the things that I've done and continue to do. It, uh, it, hurts, it hurts me. It doesn't look like it, but it does. And it hurts all of us because when we fear, it takes a chunk, or when we, when we sin, it takes a chunk of you because you always feel that there's a burden or there's something in the back of your mind that's telling you that it is wrong, but you still do it. And it's a horrible feeling, but we know that we do have a loving Father who will always forgive us.
But why, why don't we stop sinning, though? That's the question. Well, we don't, we don't stop sinning because we don't have wisdom or knowledge, as it also says in Proverbs verse 1 and 7, or verse 1 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so today I'm not just going to go through a whole bunch of verses explaining what fear of God is. I want to talk about two stories. Uh, one of them is David and Goliath, and the other one's going to be David and Saul. The first story I want to talk about is David and Goliath. First Samuel, verse 17. Now, to me, this is what true fear of God looks like in the story. Because we all know David. David was a little shepherd boy who was the youngest of his brothers, and he was sent to bring loaves of bread to his brothers who are in battle uh, against the Israelites. And so we all know that David goes there, and he ends up being the one who says, I will fight Goliath. I will take down this man. And so we all know that Goliath was said to be over nine feet tall, now, can you imagine the fear that David has? He's probably a little shepherd boy, no, no shorter than I was, and he's going to have to go up against a nine-foot-tall person with no armor. He, he took all his armor off because he said, that was not me, and he picked up some stones, and he went after him. Can you just imagine what's going through David's mind right now? You have never killed anyone. You have, you have saved your sheep, but you've never killed anyone. Yet you stand face-to-face with a giant, who's been a man of war since birth, 1 Samuel 17, verse 33 says. So David walks up to him with no armor. Do you think David was scared yet? I know David was scared because that's definitely the feeling of everything right now. But he, uh, David was scared, but uh, I think one thing that made him not scared anymore was when he heard uh, Goliath making taunts about his God. To me, that's just where fear of God kicked in. Because if you're in an argument with someone and you start you know, bashing each other, and as soon as someone brings in something personal, like your family or something personal to you, that is like an attack on you, and that's when, you know, that's, that's the line. You don't, you don't talk about my family, you don't make it personal. And to David, that's how it got personal. Goliath was uh, calling out his God and making it personal for him. And so we all know the story of how David ends up taking down Goliath and he, uh, he ends up getting to marry uh, Saul's daughter. So that, that is a, that's a simple sign of fear of God because you look at it as here's a man who's cursing my God and he's right in front of me and I have two options. I can either fear him and suffer with the consequences later from my God for letting him get away with this or I can fear my God of what, I, what would happen if I didn't do anything and show this man what my God's power is and how he works through me. And so we all know David made the right decision out of this. So after that, David was promised that he could marry Saul's daughter and he ends up marrying her and if we keep reading, we find out that uh, Saul tries to kill David. And so uh, David starts running. And so now we're, I'm going to skip over to uh, 1 Samuel verse 24, which is uh, David spares Saul's life. And I'm going to read chapters 1 and 2. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, 
David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of wild goats. So we see that Saul, Saul knows where David is. And so he takes 3,000 of his men, and if you have NLT, I think it says 3,000 of his elite troops after David. And David doesn't have many guys. So he, he really wants David. And so we know that he ends up following to find out where he is. And chapter 3 says, He came to sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. So here it is. You've got David who's hiding in the cave with his men. And right out of nowhere, Saul comes out, and he walks in to the cave right where you are. You're hiding in the back, and Saul's there unarmed, and he's relieving himself. Now surely you're thinking, God just sent this man to me. I am going to do what I need to do. You know, this is what, this is what I can do, my God, because I've slain Goliath. I've showed you that I am afraid of you, not of them. So this is surely what he wants me to do. But that's not the case, is it? In verse 5, it says, after, or sorry, verse 4, the men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. So we see here that David took a little piece of Saul's robe and he wanted to you know, show him that this is, what, this is what I could have done. I could have gone for you. But let's, let's find out what happens next. Afterwards, David was, con- David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed one, or, may, or, may my, or lay my hand on him. For he is the anointed one, the anointed of the Lord. I just want to highlight what David says to to his men there. And it says, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed one. So here we see that David knows that what he's done is wrong. He knew he sinned against his father, and that what he, he needs to make it right. And so... We see here afterwards that uh, David ends up leaving the cave and calling out to Saul, and he says, I have cut a piece of your robe off. And he shows him that he cut off a piece of his robe. But do you think David was scared of Saul, or do you think David was scared of God? Now, I've read, I've read up on this a couple times from other people, and there's been a lot of different... Uh, topic saying that, oh, David was scared of Saul because he knew he had 3,000 men waiting there for him. And then there's other people that say David was scared of God because he didn't want the consequences. And to me, I agree with that David was scared of God because if David was scared of Saul, why would he, want, why would he wander out there in front of Saul and his 3,000 men unarmed, showing him that I've got your robe, where if he starts running, he's got the back end of a cave. Saul, Saul can just chase him down in the cave and kill him. So we know that David was in fact scared of God because, as it says, he touched his anointed one. So after he apologizes, David... Or sorry. Yeah. So we know that uh, 
David had to make it right, as we make it right with our parents, as we tell them when we sin, we tell them what we did, and we know the consequences that come after. We don't like them, but they have to happen. And so we see that because David tells Saul what he's done. And so we realize that. And uh, I just want to read something that I found from someone else. Now, when we do something, we get a little voice in our head, or we get a gut feeling, and it's never good. That voice, that voice in the back of our head is always like, you know you've done wrong. And it's always a little conscience, or you do something and your gut starts trembling and it's a horrible feeling and you think you're going to be sick. And that's normal because we're never going to be perfect and we're always going to, we're always going to sin. And it's, uh, it's better to tell the truth and set yourself free to God because if you don't fear God, you will definitely learn from that. As, as you see before David, before David, uh, David and Saul happened, we hear about David and Bathsheba where David was a man who did not fear God and he lusted after Bathsheba and he ended up sinning and one thing led to another. He committed adultery and he ended up killing Bathsheba's husband because of that and because of all his sin because he didn't fear God. He thought he was the one in control but after, the, after that, he shortly realized that God is in control and he laid it all out on the line for him. But uh, Jonah Reardon had this to say about fearing God. Unfortunately, many of us presume that, he is the, that uh, the world is the ultimate threat and that God's function to offset it. How different this is from a biblical uh, position that God is far scarier than the world. When we assume that the world is the ultimate threat, we give an unwarranted power. For the truth, the world's threats are temporary. When we expect God to balance the stress of the world, we reduce him to the world's equal. As I walk with the Lord, I discover that God poses an ominous threat to my ego, but not to me. He rescues me from my delusions, so he may reveal the truth that sets me free. He casts me down only to lift me up again. He sits, on, he sits in judgment of my sin, but forgives me. Nevertheless, fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. From the Lord is it completion. You see, David knew that he had to apologize to God because the knowledge and wisdom that he gave him. So God revealed to him that the truth will set David free, just like we know that the truth sets all of us free. I hope I didn't, uh, I didn't bounce around too much today. I'm sorry, it's my first time. And I hope that this can open your eyes to understand what fear of God means, that it means that we need to understand where we are and how we stand with God and that we need to make it right no matter what. And I, uh, I pray that uh, we all open up ourselves to him and be more understanding of uh, the sin and we think twice about it. Because going through this last week, I, uh, I, have, been, I have been understanding this because uh, at the beginning of the week I got invited to a party I didn't go, but uh, the temptation was there because I'm like, why not? I get invited, you know, let's go have some fun. But I knew the consequences that came afterwards, and I knew that I shouldn't do it. And I just honestly felt like that was God showing me through what I wanted to talk about of how this actually relates to us. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray that you be with us uh, as we go throughout this week, Lord. I pray that uh, you open our eyes to understand what fearing you means, that we shouldn't be scared or frightened of you, Lord, that uh, we should open up and to uh, be more honest with you and be, respect, be respectful of you, and that it's a sense of 
you know, the knowledge and wisdom to understand that uh, the consequences that come afterwards, you know, fearing, fearing you is a big step into understanding everything, Lord. And I pray that uh, we just open our eyes to understand you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.